0: Hello, and welcome to the latest episode of the Manchester is Red podcast from the Manchester Evening News. I'm Rich Fay, and I'm delighted to be joined again by Samuel Luckhurst. Hello. And by Tyrone Marshall. Hello. It's nice to have you both back and after the long international break, it's good to have club football back. But maybe United fans will be wishing it stayed away for another week, Samuel, because what they were treated to at the weekend was a mixed bag. But it's nice to have Solskjaer officially unveiled as United manager at Old Trafford. But my word, it was a Van gaal performance to welcome <laughs> him into the Old Trafford dugout. Uh, Van Gaal, Mourinho, I mean, it,
1: it was after Wolves probably their their poorest performance under him there was there was an awful lot wrong with it it, it was a little bit too rigid I don't think I mean he afterwards he said that I, I'd put that down to the international break and the lethargy of that but given the amount of withdrawals and six players went away two of them started on Saturday one uh, was was De Gea you can't use that as an excuse there there is a there's a definite fitness issue at United, whereby they weren't fit enough under Mourinho, and they're not fit enough for Solskjaer and the intensity that he wants to see them playing at that high that high tempo. Um, And of course, there there were some players that had been injured recently, but it just wasn't fluid. With the exception of the period between the Rashford goal and half-time, Watford were the better side. I think it was a credit to Jones and Smalling, who were probably United's best players, that they, they restricted Watford to no clear-cut chances apart from the Decore goal which which came right at the death um, but there, there was just an element of, of complacency about some of the players Pogba showboating at 1-0 art. that that hurt uh, a fair section of the crowd and, and understandably so just I think Solskjaer got it right afterwards when he said that the best players uh, for him were Jones Smalling, Shaw and, and, and Rashford, Rashford was working pretty hard before he scored, um, he had a little pep talk with Solskjaer early on and I don't think it was a coincidence that he really got going after that, but it was it's like someone like Marshall, I gave him a six out of ten, but that was mainly because he'd scored and it was the winning goal. Otherwise you're looking at a three or a four out of ten because he was really not good again. So there is I mean Sulski I did say on Thursday, if players who get complacent won't last at this club. So it was slightly disconcerting for him I suppose, even taking into account the international break and all that. Um, that stuff that some of the players
0: did work in complacent at the weekend. Tyrone, I guess that all that matters at the end of the day is that it's three points, mm. especially the fact that United bounced back from two consecutive defeats under Solskjaer. I guess in terms of quality, the game won't live longer than memory, but it could be a real pivotal moment for Solskjaer, especially after the, the club backed him despite losing those two games ahead of
2: the international break. Yeah, I, I mean, it- at the moment it is just a case of getting those wins and, and edging closer to the top four there'll be elements of the performance that will concern him um, you know as we said United weren't great they didn't they didn't exude control in that game it, you know it they weren't they weren't the dominant team throughout, they weren't as in control of a game as he would like them to be. Part of that is fitness issues. He's mentioned a few times now that the players aren't as fit as he, he wants them to be. And you know, he's mentioned his molder teams, and now they're always the fittest in the league and, and that's what he wants. And United aren't there at the moment, so they're not going to get there until they've had a full pre season under him. So you know, you, you can understand it from that regard, but you know, against Watford, you would like to see United at Old Trafford more dominant. Than they were certainly, um, but as you say, it, it was a win. It was three points, moved them up, perhaps albeit temporarily, but moved them up into the top four. So that that was the most important aspect, and just sort of starting the the permanent reign with a win as well. It just kind of results wise kind of gets that momentum going again. You mentioned those two defeats before the international break. Arsenal perhaps understandable you it was going to happen at some point the world's performance was a disappointing one and it was important it didn't become three in a row and sort of really stall momentum before before it even got going as as permanent manager so in that regard I think it was an important win and it's something to build on heading into tomorrow night
1: I think which you were admiring the new press room at the yes, time, it was. And, and just how resplendent it is now at Old Trafford. But you, the, the Van Gaal thing is interesting that you said earlier because uh, a Norwegian reporter did say to him very much of fact, like, "Shouldn't shouldn't you be dominating a team like Watford?" And he said, "What do you mean a team like Watford?" And, and Van Gaal had that infamous quote about how he bragged about they kept Sheffield United uh, out; they, yeah. they restricted them to no attempts on target that time. So there was there was an element of that. Um, what, Watford are a pretty decent side, but you, you do expect an awful lot, especially
0: more. away from home as well. They've been better at home, haven't they? Watford. Yeah. yeah, and I thought the when it, the. I suppose one of
1: the reassuring things was that he said afterwards in the embargo section to, to us, he said that it was like a funeral in the dressing room afterwards, you want that kind of reaction, uh, and also on the hour mark, when it came to making changes, he was more proactive, whereas he was reactive, I felt Wolves, well, that was that was a big mistake mm. he made there, and the two players he hooked in Mata and Herrera, I don't think it was a complete coincidence, those are two players who are
0: now in the last three months of their, their contracts. Yeah, Tyrone, it was interesting to see the changes that he did make. And as we said, Watford, they have one eye maybe on the FA Cup uh, next weekend, but they were definitely up for it. And I guess the manner that United did hold it and defensively, they, they were shaky at times, but as Samuel said earlier, Jones and Smalling were both excellent and yeah. in the absence of Lindelof as well. That's got to be a, a huge boost really that another sort of partnership's formed under Solskjaer and those <clears> two look, look solid again.
2: Yeah, they have. And there's been encouraging signs Defensively, and, and both Smalling and Jones have had good spells alongside Lindelof. What it can't do is gloss over the, the cracks in that defence and the fact that United do need, you know, an elite level, world class centre half. Bringing in this summer, they can't look at encouraging performances from those defenders and think, "Well, oh, let's give it another year." You know, we might develop a partnership. Smalling and Jones have had many a year to prove that they're of that standard, and they're not. They're The good squad players good options to have but they're not the type of centre-half that's gonna at this moment it doesn't seem gonna win you a league obviously they both won leagues in the past but you wouldn't fancy either of them alongside Lindelof to be a long-term solution for United so you can't gloss over that but yeah it was there were encouraging performances from from both of them to go on certainly but I still don't think you know I think Lindelof comes back in and it's it's one or other of those two
0: Someone else who came back in, Marcus Rojo, made a surprise <laughs> cameo from the bench. Trust I think we were best. all surprised to see him out of the substitutes. Come. He came off Marshall as well in the end, which mm. showed maybe just how under the caution United were in those final 15 minutes. But and Marcus, how unfit um, Lukaku was as well, probably. Um, but Marcus Rojo it is uh, it was a brief cameo, a couple of tackles I seem to recollect, but he's another player whose future... Old Trafford needs to be decided in the next three months really or, or
1: if all maybe it's been decided already I mean Solskjaer I think we've learned pretty quickly with his press conferences um, he's not wholly transparent when he talks about injuries when he talks about players futures he has said he's, he's told Woodward which players need to come and go um, you you would think I think a lot of United fans probably hope that Rojo is on the, the go list uh, Damien's got to be another one uh, Valencia is going I think Alexis Sanchez if United could get rid of him they would do Um but certainly with that with that defensive area, I mean, it, it is it, it, as Ty says, it would be uh, very very naive and a real knee-jerk decision for them to just see a couple of good performances last season. Is is um, there were about four performances with Smalling and Jones that kind of like encapsulated them as a partnership? The, you've got the positive one which is uh, them pocketing Harry Kane in the FA Cup semi-final and the FA Cup Twitter account tweeting about how brilliant Chris Morning was the flip side of that is against the same opposition uh, at the same at the same stage in Wembley they lose 2-0 Jones scores an own goal and even in the FA Cup final they're back again together and Jones gives away the penalty that Hazard scores and and wins the FA Cup they are always going to have a moment where they just press the reset button and something just goes spectacularly wrong Smalling's not done it too much this season he did do it in the the Everton home game when he gave away I mean it was was one of the stupidest tackles all season that foul on Bernardo and he was also on a booking um, he, he probably should have been sent off at that point if Everton did score a penalty it's 2-1 and they've got a man you United with about 20 odd minutes so they are always going to do that um, one fan tweeted me on uh, when, when I made the point that two central defenders get injured and you've got Smalling Jones and Rojo, which are all... Two of them, Ferguson signings, one's a Van Gaal signing. The fans said, well, you're sensationalising it. Fergie bought these kids with with potential. I mean, what why people are talking about Jones and Smalling as potential is is mystifying one is turning 30 this year the other's turning 27 there could be a freak occurrence if United weren't to sign a play in the summer and somehow Smalling and Jones stay fit which is another concern altogether uh, for next season and they win the league I mean I don't think it will happen but I don't think many people would have thought Wes Morgan and, and Robert Hoof would be a central defensive partnership that would win the Premier League but You've just got to. I mean, that's always. Someone will always come with you with that, say, "Well, they don't need you. You can't yeah. say that because these guys won it. But Leicester was just a complete and utter freak. It's not going to happen again in our lifetime, probably. So, um, it's it's just an area that they need to address. And it's it's frankly
0: embarrassing that they still have to stoop to the level of Rojo coming in these games. Yeah, I guess Tyre may be the only. Consolation in terms of the performance in that fans is the fact that even though it's been so good under Solskjaer they have revived their hopes of a top four finish so that performances like that are a reminder to the board that this team is a long way off challenging mm. for a title at the moment and it does still need heavy investment at the end of the season there can't be any excuses now they've appointed the manager they need to back him and Saturday maybe showed that
2: Yeah they do and you know Solskjaer was very honest about the performance afterwards and, and admitting that you know, it, it wasn't up to the standards he expects, and there's been you know, these sort of performances have happened at Old Trafford before Solskjaer's time, they've been you know semi regular since the Ferguson days. Teams have and it seems to have become more emboldened coming to Old Trafford, but United are, are not controlling games to the level they were at home under Ferguson either, and that is an issue that, that they need to look at. And you know, new signings are going to help with that, obviously. I think they need more control. In midfield, defensively, improvements will will help that. So, yeah, it is another eye opener that they do need to to spend in the summer. But I'm sure they're aware of that. And, and Schalke has said a few times now over the last week or so that you know he's had conversations to that to that regard that they need to, to strengthen in the summer. So, but I thought you know it was encouraging to hear him being so honest about the performance afterwards. And like Simon said, what he said about what it was like in the dressing room. It's encouraging to hear that honesty from a manager when many would just gloss over it and say we've got the win that's all that matters but there is uh, as important as the three points are there is a a bigger picture to look at in terms of the development of the team and, and the tactics under Solskjaer as well
0: yeah, and with Spurs losing on the weekend and Arsenal play on Monday night uh, the game against Wolves now on Tuesday gets even more important of course if they were to win these two games and that game against Watford looks even better then as well Samuel so the game against Wolves we've already spoken maybe the likes of Mata, Herrera Marshall might be lucky to start that game what type of changes would you expect to see because in that FA Cup game it seemed certain that United should have gone three-five-two, 5 2 and they didn't and they ultimately paid the price yeah. do you think a f- formation change could be on the cards for Tuesday? I, th-
1: I think you always have to, um, I mean, it would have been logical back then. It, it, he's got to consider it at the very least, given how badly it went at Wolves. But they have got more players available and, and fitter players, you'd think, as well. So maybe he will stick with the four-three-three. 3 But I think what... What underpins the four-three-three formation when United do it is, is Lingard because he's so mobile because he he doesn't have a fixed role he's very fluid he links the other players he encourages other players to show um, to, to have a bit more freedom about their positional awareness and when he came on at the weekend of course he, he got the assists and he gave, he gave them a just an injection of energy really which is not what you get with Mata. Um, but that you look in certain areas. I mean, with someone like Nemanja Matić, who is, is really, I think it's safe to say that he is regressing at the moment. He's, he's played enough since he came back from injury to, uh, to to have that opinion on him. When given Wolves' propensity for. Sp- Hitting teams on the counter attack, he's not exactly a player you want chasing back, trying to challenge Yota or um, another one of Wolves' forwards. So he's going to. He's already said he is going to freshen it up, and I think Lingard coming in is is an absolute given, and you'd probably see maybe one or two other areas. But even though Lindelof is, you know, he's, he's available again, sosco indicated. I think there's every chance that he could keep. Smalling and Jones which would have been unthinkable a week ago given that Lindsloff's probably the front runner for the for the club's
0: player of the season award. Yeah, Tyrone, I think the fact that they did play him just prior to the international breaks so will adds an extra dimension to to the game. What do you think United will have learned from from that defeat though in the FA
2: Cup? Um well the, one of the things they really struggled with that night was breaking down Wolves back three. Um so whether I mean United, Solskjaer said then he did consider a back three. He'd obviously been toying around with the idea, so I'm sure he'll consider it again. But I think the issue is they need to they need to have discovered a way to try and create better chances against that Wolves defence. This is presuming Wolves play their strongest team because obviously they've got the FA Cup semi final coming up. Nuno's been suggesting they will, I think, today. But you never know; he might make the alter change, but. The, the difficulty United had that day was that they couldn't break down Wolves' defence. They couldn't create good chances. And from midway through the first half, they were resorting to, to long-range efforts. So having a, a, a much fitter Lingard available, I think will make a difference because, of Samuel said, he's so important in that team and the way they play. He, he links midfield and attack. He can fill both roles, it. Really. It's like having two players in the team. He can be a member of the third man of the attack, can drop into midfield and help out and he, he's, so, he's such an intelligent footballer that he creates space for others so I think that'll help but yeah I think the biggest challenge is going to be breaking that Wolves defence down and working out how to create better chances against them
1: he, he might even you might see Pogba play a little bit deeper in an attempt to do that because he did talk about using Pogba in a deeper mm. role given that's where he plays for France I think all that talk about Pogba has to play in a and left of a midfield three, that that's gone out of the window over the last year or so because he, he played in a two uh, at the World Cup. The, the caveat with that would be was that you weren't seeing Pogba at his absolute optimum. He was, Mourinho's assessment of him was actually quite fair, even though it clearly rubbed Pogba up the wrong way in that he was disciplined. It, he, he His focus was, was unwavering because he was in that close environment for a month to just win the world cup and, and he did that and you saw the goal he created for, for Griezmann the other week against uh, Moldova I think it was so he, he's got that in his locker and he, he claimed a few assists like that with Ibrahimovic a couple of seasons ago as well where there were long balls over the top to say they were long balls is a bit disingenuous there were, there were quality <laughs> yeah. passes that he um, that he f- uh, found Ibrahimovic with so that that is something to look to look at, but you do need that runner who's going to be supplementing the, the the striker or the front two. If it is a three five two, they go with, and normally that would be his role. When you look at the alternatives, you United know haven't got really an expert. At that Herrera is probably a decent shout. I think there have been times where they should have played Lingard in as as one of the three central midfielders i think that's a role that he could yeah. he could certainly do people often forget he first came into the united team it seemed like he's in there more for his defensive discipline than his actual attacking instincts but he's become a very very good forward so there are a lot of options even though you look at every department you think there's a flaw here there's a flaw there that there are ways for them to um to be more innovative against wolves and and let's let's face it if wolves are to make changes which they probably will do that is going to Help United, you'd have thought, and Wolves, the biggest game for them this week, undoubtedly, is the is the semi-final on Sunday.
0: Yeah, certainly. And we spoke maybe, we touched on it earlier, Taron, how last time it was, United did well early on because they sort of killed off that mm. Wolves momentum and the whole sort of occasion of it all. And they managed to subdue the the home fans. But it's going to be another tough midfield battle again this Tuesday night do you think there's a good chance of McTominay or Fred coming back into the midfield I mean, they were both so good prior to the international mm. break but they've sort of dropped out of favour again so supporters are still maybe mixed opinions on, on both of them
2: would would you give either of them a chance um, I think it's unlikely perhaps Fred um, he could rest Matic but I with no game at the weekend, I'm not sure. I'm not sure he will. Herrera and hour at the weekend wasn't hugely impressive. Fred could come in, but I just think when everyone's fit, I think that's his favoured midfield three. And a game, you know, away at Wolves is outside of big six. It's probably the toughest Premier League game you're going to have all season, especially with their record against those big six sides. So I think it would be unlikely. I think he'll probably stick with that midfield three. Um I I, I can't see. Too, too many changes in, in in that area. Fred would be the only one. Or if he goes for a diamond, if he goes for a diamond midfield, you could bring Fred in and play all four of them and perhaps play Pogba further up. I mean, as something says, there are a lot of tactical mm. options and, and tactical flexibility within that squad. Lingard provides you that, Pogba can provide you that in midfield. So there are different ways of approaching it. A three at the back, a diamond, a four, three, three. They have got versatile options within the squad to, to go with that. But I wouldn't have thought... I think if he plays a three-man midfield, I think it would be Matic, Herrera and Pogba. It's a difficult team to
0: predict. I don't think anyone will do that. Maybe I should stop asking. you. (laughs) (laughs) We shall see. So I guess one question I've seen fans asking uh, lately in the last few days has been, what's happened to the youngsters? Uh, The the involvement seems to be disappearing in recent weeks. I mean, Greenwood came on against Arsenal and then there was none involved at Wolves, none involved against Watford. Do you think it's just Solskjaer playing his strongest side... So important, it, or most, most
1: of the players are back from, from injury now. Um, it, it, I mean, he, he took Brandon Williams and all the, and the rest of them to Paris because they had so many injuries, and, and, and Pogba was suspended. It wasn't like they played so brilliantly for the under 23s <laughs> or anything like that. It's just a case that the, the squad's a bit fuller, it's a little bit fitter now. Um, Gomez did travel to Wolves, I imagine that was because Solskjaer took so many unfit players there that they had to decide on. You know, there could have been a complication along the way, and he might have had to come onto the bench. Uh, Garner and Greenwood win the director's box on Saturday, we saw. So, I don't know whether. That, that was significant whether they were involved um, going ahead. Uh, what I would say is that I think there might be some more interest in the under-23 game on Friday night. Because one, it is at Old Trafford, but also given the eight-day gap between Wolves and the Barcelona game next week, it's, it's an obvious time to... Play Greenwood, Chong, Gomez, uh, and-, and Garner. Give them playing time, not just playing time in the reserves, which isn't particularly advantageous as we've seen from uh, watching that level this season. But just give them minutes at Old Trafford as well. Uh, I know it's in, in front of just one stand really, or like a third of a stand that's that's full. Uh, but they need some they need some football. Uh, given that they've they've not been as involved since the PSG game. And I think there are only three games left in the under-23 calendar, which is, is a completely separate topic. Yeah. Just the, the running of that league is, is, is terrible. I thought, I thought that's a topic for the summer, isn't it? And maybe the uh, it is the whole youth setup. At, at the moment. It's, and... the, I mean, at United Academy level, in terms of the youth team, the team that plays in the Youth Cup and the Youth League, I think it's fine. But when they outgrow that level and it's under-23 yeah. football, it's it's not it's not good for any any of the players at that level at any club I don't I think most of the clubs will share the same view on it um, I mean I remember a number of years ago Benitez was talking up the possibility of uh, the, the, the reserve teams going into the championship which is commonplace in Spain which didn't go down well It. it the more you think about it the more logical it thinks not it seems not necessarily in the Championship because I think that's a brilliant league that, that doesn't need fueling with reserve sides, but there's got to be an alternative way of going about it. And and the bad news for United is that because they, they do toss it off in the under-23s, Nicky Butt said that the, the youth league's important, the youth mm. cup's important. He's pretty much said the under-23 football um, isn't, isn't a priority. Um, they've not got promoted for next season, so they're not going to be playing against the the, the top academies in inverted commas, if you like. So, uh, yeah, as I said, I think there could be some more
0: interest around the Friday night game because it is at Old Trafford and those four could play. You might have an exciting Tuesday night in Wolverhampton again for you, Terry. Looking forward to another lights display ahead of the kickoff.
2: Yeah, well, they seem to do it for every game, so I'm sure we will be treated to some combination of lights and disco music and fireworks that they (laughs) seem to use to... uh, to the make it such going. a special occasion every night at Molyneux I'm so. sure
0: Samuel will poke the fires of the Wolves Twitter army again with his <laughs>
1: were, they, were they particularly wound up by it you, I, saw, yeah. I saw one uh, Miss Chech, choose my words carefully here uh, <laughs> one tweeter I suppose uh, said said something along those lines but then he was he was also watching the rugby or something like that so I, 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 <laughs> I immediately took a dim view of him you have lots of fireworks Walked. in the
0: rugby though don't they so they've got to get the occasion in the excitement somehow haven't I don't know if the sport didn't live up to it, but
1: yes. It's, it's just a bit uh, Americanised they mm. get a, the, the Super Bowl that's that's what it lives yeah. off but as I said when, when they tried it
0: with the FA Cup a couple of years ago um, and, and it delayed the kickoff, I don't think that went down very well at all <laughs> at least that's the one positive not getting knocked out of the FA Cup maybe yeah don't, don't have, have to, to don't endure, endure the, whoever little mix at Wembley yeah, or something yeah, pretty Fine. much razzmatazz yeah uh, well I'm sure you have enough of that tomorrow night
2: sure I'm sure we'll be looking forward to see what, uh, what disco tunes they come up with this one <laughs> we shall see thank you very much Samuel thank you very much Tyrone
0: for joining us this week on the Manchester is Red podcast please join us later in the week when we analyse the game against Watford and of course look ahead to that massive Champions League game against Barcelona next week please leave a like and subscribe if you haven't already and join us next time on the Manchester is Red podcast